Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And today I have a guest who's really going to um, shake things up a little bit. And I there's so much that we want to talk about, but I want to be able to uh, also highlight some of the wonderful, fabulous things that he's doing. So I want to uh, welcome Pablo Falbrew, pa- Pablo, and I I just am so glad to have you because I know we've tried to make this work before. So first of all, thank you for joining me today. I'm glad to be here. You are with something called the UG Collective, and I know this is yours. And before I have you talk a little bit about that and a couple of the really unique things that you're doing. I love the fact that on your website, when we look at your name under UG Collective, it says inspire, connect, and promote. And I think that um, I know from a little bit of about what I know that you do, that that's it's a great focus, but I think it's so fabulous for us today to think about how we inspire others and how we can use our connections and lives to make a difference. So I I'm, can't wait to hear a little bit more about it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what the UG Collective is, why you do it, and how what you do shocks people. Yeah, so I started the UG Collective because I was feeling kind of a void as a musician, as a creative with my community. So the idea was to develop this creative project that would be able to link link my creative abilities and talents and resources and funnel it back into the community. So uh, I started the UG Collective to build a network of artists, conscious creatives, as I like to say, and empowering them to to create projects that um, raise awareness and support for community arts initiatives and nonprofits and, you know, things that we believe in. I love the idea of conscious creatives. How'd you come up with that as a term and what does that mean to you? I'm not really sure where it came from. Uh, It was just kind of something that came through in meditations and after some time. But for me, it's about creating with intention and consciously thinking about how it's going to impact uh, someone else's life, right? So, you know, we, as, as artists, we create, you know, from our own emotions, our own experiences, and, and that inherently, you know, people relate to that because, you know, we all have shared these, you know, these shared experiences through life. But uh, to take it further, 
Um, so in particular for me, what I, what I do is I tend to donate a portion of the proceeds from my projects to different nonprofits. So thinking about what you're creating and how it can be applied to something you believe in and how it can be supportive of, of a specific mission that you believe in in your community. I love it. Well, you know, when you say that, you know, you say, I don't know where it came up, you know, where I came up with it, but maybe through meditation. I mean, that really hits your inspiration as, as key. And I always think, in fact, I was talking with somebody yesterday and we were talking about, you know, luck is really where, you know, preparation meets opportunity because, you know, very few things just land in our lap and are magically wonderful because, if we haven't prepared for them in some way, it could still land in your lap. You don't recognize you. You don't know what to do or you don't know what to do with it. And, you know, to be able to have that concept and be able to feel it and then help it to be something that you pull through your mission and your vision and helping others. I, I think that's great. It actually shows your inspiration, how it connects to what you want to do. You connect it with people and organizations you believe with, believe in, and you help to m- promote what you're doing as well as those other organizations. I think, I think you lived out your own mission already. Yeah, thank you. I'm trying, you know, it's a work in progress because obviously as you go through different experiences, you have different visions and inspiration. So um, I just embrace that process of the ever evolving creation, you know. I think we're all evolving and we're all in progress. We're all a work in progress. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise you're dead, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We don't want that. Well, I know that you focus a great deal on music and I want to talk about that, but you know, I'd love it if you give everybody a sense of what you do. So you, you talk about not only, you know, having a, a portion of your proceeds go to help, but I know that you've actually organized events, some in your um, former hometown or your hometown, not your former hometown, your only hometown, you know, that you've organized events that help bring not only artists together, but really pull a community get together. And I'd like you to share that story, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So when I moved back to my hometown from Boston, uh, my hometown is in the Finger Lakes of beautiful central New York. Um, Mm -hmm. If you've never been, I highly suggest visiting. But um, yeah, so I moved back to my hometown, started the UG Collective, and had uh, started by organizing benefit events for different nonprofits that were a big part of my life growing up. And those were mixed media events, you know, dance, art, film, music, and the proceeds from those events would go to the nonprofit. And also the event itself is just to help raise awareness about, hey, this is what this organization is doing in the community. This is how you can be an active uh, participant, volunteer, or whatever type of support the organization needed at that time. And it was just a great uh, way to bring people together and have you know, a shared experience. I, I was fortunate enough to have a pretty diverse uh, circle of friends. So people who would come out to support me who might not normally interact with some folks in town we're having this shared experience, and uh, I felt that was a, a great way to bring the community together. And then from those benefit events evolved to these monthly arts and cultural events, like open mics and drum circles and Geneva Night Out, which is a common idea called um, First Fridays in a lot of other communities. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, very important for a lot of downtowns. Yeah, so it was a just great way to plug in artists into different downtown businesses, um, and having it be free was very accessible. So you'd walk around downtown, you you know, you would go into a shop possibly that you'd never gone into, you'd see an artist possibly, possibly you'd never see before, and it just kind of created this vibrancy for downtown, which was uh, 
kind of needed at the time. We, we kind of were in a slump in Geneva, but a lot of folks were putting in effort to, to have a renaissance, if you will. It's really important, too, because, you know, we see that all across the U.S. of, you know, downtown cores in small towns and big towns that are suffering. Um, in fact, it was interesting because I was at uh, this event as a networking group I belong to in Philadelphia. And, you know, Philadelphia is huge now. The downtown is vibrant. It's, you know, it's it's the most amazing city I've ever lived in other than when I visit New York and, and feel it. But Philly has some different things that are really unique in terms of so many street fairs and different events that bring, to your point, all kinds of people from different walks of life into portions of the neighborhoods, portions of the city that they might not other otherwise go and be able to um, to patronize these you know restaurants, these uh, shops, everything and keep it going. But it was interesting because uh, we had a speaker who was um, part of kind of the, the evolution of this organization. And she was talking about uh, Philly in the 80s and you know, how scary downtown was and, you know, people wouldn't come there. And, you know, that was kind of the evolution of the malls and, you know, here the malls are growing and people are going out to those, you know, large parking lots. So all downtowns were, were suffering. And she said, you know, it wasn't a good place to be. And so there weren't any, you know, there weren't any stores that were, you know, had big um, commercial backing behind them. They were mom and pop shops. And, you know, we had to figure out how to get people to come back downtown and find it to be safe and find it to be appealing. And it was interesting to, to, to hear that story and see where Philly is today versus then. And I didn't live here then, but it was all a part of how Philadelphia was described on TV. But even in, you know, towns like your hometown to have um, a way to bring people that are in different, especially if they're following different arts and they're following different creative people to bring them into places that they might not otherwise go. And it really can solidify a sense of community that wouldn't have existed without it. Certainly, certainly. It was a big part of my inspiration and pushing forward and keeping these different projects going, you know? I love it. I love it. Well, and one of the things you talk, and I, I enjoy the fact that you talk about different experiments that you do. And I know that one of the things that you do is called the Fall Brew Experiment. And it's, it has to do with music. And I'm going to let, I want you to talk about it a little bit because I, I think it's really unique, but it's something that I'm very curious about what made you think about what this is and why each one is different. So can you talk a little bit about what you call the Fall Brew Experiment 360? Yeah. The Fallbrook experiment came out of, well, as I mentioned, all of these different events I was doing, I wasn't active as a musician, really. Um, <laughs> I just kind of got caught up in the administration uh, events coordinator role, which was fine. You know, it was a uh, part it's of... It's not as fun as creating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was creative in its own way, but... Creating in a different way. <laughs> and that's where my head was at, but... I just kind of got to the point of like, you know what, I want to make music again. So out of that thought, the Fallbrook experiment was born. And I, you know, I call it the experiment just to give me flexibility to kind of do whatever I want. I like that. Then you don't have to have any labels that you have to follow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No labels, no genres, just music. Yeah, so it's a collaborative project. The uh, My primary kind of album cycles. So there's a couple different album cycles I do, uh, but the primary one is the 360 sessions, which uh, gives fans an opportunity to help write a song. And then each song features a different musician. So leading up to the session, uh, using social media, uh, fans suggest lyrics 
and then I go into the studio with this random list of words that um, that I have to try and use in a song. It sounds it sounds like a musical version of whose line is it anyway? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never thought about that. <laughs> totally. Um, and then each uh, song, as I said, has a, a different guest musician. So the genre of music can be usually is something that I, I might not normally do, right? So I tend to be more of an, like an R&B gospel, I have an R&B gospel background, and I grew up in a Hispanic household. So like a lot of Latin grooves end up in my, my music. So, you know, I could work with a <laughs> punk band and, you know, I've never write punk music on my own. Um, so it's a good challenge for me to kind of step out my outside my comfort zone and, and create music that way. And then that the, a portion of the royalties and proceeds from those songs uh, get, in turn gets donated to whatever nonprofit happens to be the beneficiary of that I, year. I love it. So, you know, it really does force your creativity. How Have you really recorded with a punk band? Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, the volume one of the 360 sessions had a punk punk band on it um, as well as well as a, as a chip music band uh, uh-huh. which is kind of an underground scene um, 8-bit music which is a uh, kind of like Nintendo low quality type sound so if oh you remember the like Nintendo type sounds so it's a whole culture genre of music yeah there's like acapella groups all sorts of stuff um, it's just a fun way to kind of as, as I said put myself outside the comfort zone and create something different. I love it too. You know, so often my guests talk about, you know, if they could go back in time and what they would tell their younger self. So many times people say things like, you know, take chances and don't be afraid to fall on your face, you know, just, just go for it, run at things a thousand miles an hour kind of thing. And I love the fact that you put yourself out there, especially with music, which, you know, has a place in your heart that's very dear, especially if you have one genre that, that you've really had comfort with to do something completely different and put yourself out there, plus let somebody else help pick the lyrics. That 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 has a really powerful message about being creative without worrying about the outcome. Yeah. Now the the lyric suggestions are always there's always a word, at least one word that I had never even heard of. <laughs> um, so it was expanding my vocabulary, which is fun, um, and of course just words that I might not typically think to use in a song. I didn't always get to use every single lyric suggestion, um, but I use at average you know 50 percent so i felt pretty good about that and then any word that i couldn't get into the song i try to pick one that would be good for the title because that's another thing like how do, what what do we call this song so having a random list of words is helpful for that too i'm thinking you need like a peanut butter and jelly song and one that says beetlejuice i don't know why but <laughs> <laughs> all right the next next 360 album i'll uh, put that down for <laughs> lyric suggestions i love it well we've been speaking so far with pablo fallbrew and he's with the ug collective and uh, the fallbrew experiment is where we have been uh, focused for the last little bit as his portion of the ug collective and uh, i i know that i asked you to uh, share a little music with us because i think um because what you do is not only you know beautiful in so many ways with the parts of your creative and and the art and the artistic uh, creative process that's you know physical or dynamic but you know you do so much with music so uh, i know you're going to share a little uh, short piece with us can you tell us about it what it's called and uh you know what we should expect when we take a listen yeah, so um, this song is from the 360 Sessions Volume 2. Um, it's the last song, actually. Um, 
So I'm in, I've been doing this pre-release uh, campaign to raise funds for a college scholarship back in my hometown. So this call, song is called Syzygy. Syzygy. Uh, which is I, need to know Syzygy. What, I need to know what that word means. Right. So Syzygy was one of the words that um, was suggested, right? These random words that, that are suggested and I'm like, oh, what is this word? <laughs> um, so it's in regards to astronomy, it's a conjunction or opposition, especially of the moon with the sun. Um, so like a pair of connected or corresponded things, three uh, moving bodies um, in space. So yeah, that was one of those words. I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I had to look it up. And it ended up being the title because I couldn't fit it into the lyrics. But um, yeah, so this song features uh, Matt McGinley, who is a high school classmate of mine um, and also oddly enough, was a recipient of this scholarship in high school, um, which is great, kind of turned around to give back uh, to the scholarship that that he was awarded. Um, and he's a super talented musician, founding member, drummer of Gym Class Heroes. Uh, he writes music for This American Life, S-Town podcasts, commercials and films, and he's a pretty prolific artist. So be, be sure to check him out and all of his work. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was a great, uh, great song to work, work on with him. And yeah, it's just really fun. Fabulous. Let's take a listen. I don't want to be without your loving, baby. This back and forth has got me going kind of zany. Just let me know which way to go. You're all I want to need for sure. Can we coexist? Forget this mess and save it. Live with no regrets and count our blessings, baby. With our hearts run on our sleeves and our minds up in the trees. I can get enough of your taste and touch. Your incandescent love has got me fired up. It's all just coursing through me. To hear the entire song Syzygy, stay tuned after our close. Believe me, it is worth the listen. You know, Pablo, that that is wonderful. I love I love this. I love the creative side. I love how you're partnering. I love the music. Everything I've listened to on your site, I have really enjoyed. A few things have really made me smile, especially. But I love especially how you pull in different people different backgrounds, different specialties and focus, and to have somebody who's been a recipient of the scholarship that you are helping to donate towards, I think really makes it a full circle moment, don't you? Yeah, definitely. You know, and it, it makes, makes it even more meaningful. I think, you know, part of the reason I enjoy uh, giving fans a chance to be a part of the process is that then, you know, I try to make them feel the song is theirs. You know, it's, it's not just the artists who are recording and writing it. You know, it's this big project that we're all doing together and, you know, we all have a buy-in on it and, um, you know, and the mission that it's serving. So. And that really pulls in that connect, but you know, what they say inspires you. It connects them to the music. It connects you back to them. It connects you to the organization. And I love I, I just keep thinking of these three words of yours of inspire, connect, and promote, because oftentimes people think of the word promote as only, oh, I'm promoting this, or I'm marketing this, or advertising this, but promote really is a sense of creating, uh, you know, a a shared 
thought, a shared experience, a shared awareness, a shared appreciation for between, you know, two people, two individuals, two messages, whatever it is. And, and ultimately, especially by collaborating with people, you are helping to promote them. You're promote, they're promoting you, but you're also promoting this, this, uh, I guess, connection to something bigger, bigger than any of you guys are as individuals. Yeah, definitely. A big part of promote for me too is um, to promote self-development, right? So in the process of creation, there's personal growth happening there. And there's some other projects that I have coming down the pike that um, are really focused on that self-development aspect as a creative. So yeah, you're right. It's a pretty dynamic word that people kind of just get lost in the marketing, you know, financial realm of it. Absolutely. Well, as we get closer to the end here, there's two questions that I always ask people. And the first is, and I ask this because, you know, my, my concept is shock your potential. So I'm always looking at ways that we have shockingly great experiences that leave an impact on us that, you know, that leave a mark that help us to continue to evolve. And so I always ask people, you know, is there, has there been a leadership or a sales or a customer experience that you've been the recipient of that's been overwhelmingly positive that left an impact on you and that helps to, I don't know, I guess, uh, affect what you do and who you are today? Yeah, um, there. So I've been actually subscribed to um, this coffee maker, and recently hit a year mark. And I wasn't expecting anything. I get you know a delivery of coffee every month with this subscription. But on the on the year, they sent me this mug and a T-shirt that's branded with their coffee and a personal note. And often, actually, there's these little tidbits of notes about uh, the coffee. So that was really just something just kind of special that was unexpected and like, Hey, here's, thank you for, for being a subscriber. Here's this, it was a beautiful, beautiful coffee mug that was made by an artisan, like limited run. So that was just a really special thing. And I I enjoyed the coffee anyhow, but that was just kind of like this extra boost of like, Oh, this is cool. Thank you for sending me this gift. Thank you Uh, for recognizing that I've spent a year of my time and money with you and, and I enjoyed it and I would keep going, but this really makes me feel special. Yeah, exactly. If you're a coffee drinker, you you should, I I recommend it. It's called neuro coffee, neurological N E U R O. Is it going to help me be smarter? <laughs> um, it does. It supports brain health mm-hmm. by boosting the neuroprotein BDNF. Mm-hmm. So it, it uh, better it supports better me- memory. Um, there are some researches showing that it might start having an impact on some other like brain degenerative uh, diseases. So it's kind of an, still an early study, but it's really you know it's coffee, regular coffee, but it's kind of like a, a multivitamin, but for brain Ooh, health. I like it. I like it. I keep, uh, you know, I, every day in my, either in my coffee or in my smoothie, I use uh, MCT oil. And I don't want to listen to anybody who tells me that it's going to kill me and it's horrible for me because I'll tell you my brain functions so much better since I've been taking it. So yeah. I don't know if it's going to have other bad things, but I like that. So I'm going to keep taking it until uh, they take it off the market. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I think that's a great example. And I love how businesses, when they take the time to really recognize and value um, their customers, you know, that is, that's something that, that uh, really f- makes you feel committed to them and feel valued. And that's, I think, often what, what keeps us through when there might be something else, you know, okay, something else looks interesting on the market, but 
I remember that experience and I remember how much they care about me. So I'm not going to deviate from that. And it makes an important impact on, on a business's bottom line as well. Yeah, definitely. So then the last question I ask everybody is, is really, you know, a time of reflection in, in a sense, because I think we all evolve and we grow and we learn things. But the question is, uh, you know, if we, knowing what we know now, and knowing what you know now, if you could go back and talk to Pablo at any point in time in his life where you could have given him advice, direction, you know, words of wisdom that would have shocked his potential farther, faster, or kept him on exact the same path that you are on now, what would you tell him and when would that be? Really any point in my life, but maybe particularly like middle school, high school age, to develop a practice of meditation and journaling, just that practice of self self-reflection and actualization and just helping to manage the anxiety and you know emotions that kind of come with that transitional period of your life it's been a big part of my life for a few years now and it's one of those things like i wish i started this like a decade a decade ago isn't it amazing i i every day i do three things i make sure that i am active um, for at least 30 minutes. So some sort of exercise that, you know, at least 30 minutes and I write in my journal and I meditate. And when I, before I was doing those kind of haphazardly, you know, I would have, I was getting more focused, you know, on, on my work, but not until I did each one of those, all three of those every day, did I start to see uh, just a substantial difference in what, not only what my output is, but my overall sense of peace and well-being and my ability to forgive myself and, you know, laugh at more mistakes and not feel stress. And, you know, I, I totally understand if we could all go back in time and get ourselves to do that, um, it, it definitely would make a huge difference for so many. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that we forget to do is to be kind and understanding of ourselves. It's mm-hmm. we There's so much pressure from from media and pop life and culture and everything like that, that we kind of get caught up in, in, oh, this is who I should be, this is what I should be doing. And, you know, you don't, you're not kind and understanding of, of the process. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's really good and, and exciting to me is now you see, especially how mindfulness uh, meditation is, is really making its way more mainstream. Now we are seeing little kids, we're seeing kindergartners learning how to meditate and, you know, we're mm businesses that are doing this. And I think that's really impactful that hopefully it'll start to make a significant difference in, in, you know, in our world, our ability to love and forgive each other a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Hope so. Thank you, Pablo. It has been fabulous having you on today. As we near the end, do you have any last words of wisdom or pieces of advice to share with my listeners? Um, yeah, I guess to, on a similar note, you know, remember to be kind and understanding of yourself and, Take some challenges. Put yourself outside of the the comfort zone. You know your your instincts are often right, so uh, don't be afraid to follow them. I love it absolutely. It's been great speaking with you today and getting an opportunity to share your music. I know that we'll have all the ways to for people to connect with you on the show notes, but I know they can find you at the ugcollective.org. That's the letter U, the letter G, collective.org. Is there any other way that people should find you? No, I think that's probably the the most concise because it has all the social media links. It has all the music links. So it's an easier way. Trying to remember how to spell the Fallbrook experiment (laughs) can be a little tricky. (laughs) So ugcollective.org is where it's at. Wonderful. Pablo, thank you so much. It's been great having you, and I look forward to staying connected. Yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. You too. 
Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. Taste and 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 taste and